Welcome to Time After Time, a non-sponsored, highly judgmental podcast about time travel and love and friendship and the movies that bring them together into our living rooms. I'm Helena and I'm Paige and maybe in an alternate timeline you've already listened to this podcast and you loved it. Let's go. Hello. Oh, that was nice. I Thank like you. that. Okay. Uh, welcome, everybody, to Time After Time. In Paige's apartment. What? what? Yes. You may hear some dog noises, but probably not. They're being very sweet and good today. Yeah. Why are Why are we in my apartment, Helena? I don't know, Paige. Why are we in your apartment? Oh, no. Look, it's we have... Oh, not over. <laughs> We have a special guest. A special guest. First guest of the pod. We want to welcome to the pod Liam Bouquet, who is the partner of Paige, who uh, I would say has made a lot of um, appearances like in name. In name on this podcast. Or in, in reference. Yes, yes. Uh, as one of our, you know, only friends and um, <laughs> most loyal listeners, Liam has had a lot of thoughts about a lot of the the pods we've mm-hmm. done so far. Um, so welcome, Liam. I just want to say that I am going to be officiating the wedding between Close. these two people in that just feels, a couple of weeks. It feels like that's what we're doing right now. You're sitting in between us. What if I just married you <laughs> right now? My mom would be mad. I would be happy with that. Actually. All right. Well, I don't know. We'll we'll save it for the end of the pod. We'll think okay. about it. Uh, Liam is getting a PhD in politics, and also, more importantly, is the co-parent to uh, my dogs. Anything else you want to add about yourself? No, that's pretty much sums it up. The dogs are the main thing, I agree. Um, and the reason Liam uh, chose to be on today is when we said, hey, we're going to do About Time, Liam said, uh, Fuck that movie. It's trash. I guess I don't know. And we love we love bringing that energy into our studio. Yeah, for sure. Uh, like we say in the intro to the pod, this is a highly judgmental podcast. So if you have a lot of feelings about a particular movie and you are our friend, please tell us, and maybe you can come on the pod too. Yeah, it'll help if you live with one of us, but still. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I guess the cat's out of the bag. The movie that we're doing today is about time. time. Um, so this also, we will start off by saying this begins our two episode Rachel McAdams series. Yes. Uh, Rachel McAdams famously has been in not one, not two, but three movies about time travel. Three time travel romantic comedies. Yeah, specifically. Yes. She falls into the genre perfectly. She is our queen. Yeah, I would say she's our queen. Does she time travel in any of them? Or? No, no, okay. Liam, she does not. Um, but Paige said that we are doing a two-episode Rachel McAdams arc. Uh, Paige, why are we doing a two-episode arc? Um, because we had extensive conversations about the third film uh, that, that she is in and not time traveling called Midnight in Paris. Which is directed by the one, the only, the worst... Woody Allen. Yeah. Um, yeah. So basically, we just we had a we had a conversation about whether we felt comfortable doing the movie, and we ultimately decided it was not necessary. So we just want you. 
we, we just want you to be uh, aware that she is in a fact in a third time travel movie where she does not get to time travel. Um, but we're not going to be covering Midnight in Paris for no. just icky reasons. For obvious reasons. It just feels icky. We don't need to. You don't need to hear us talk about that. Yeah. And we don't need to watch that again. And there's so many other movies on our list. Like, crazy number amount of movies for how niche this genre is. Yeah. Um, I don't think we actually have said this out loud, but the second movie will be The Time Traveler's Wife. Yes. That's, uh, that'll be next next pod. That'll be the next pod. Um, and we'll, And Liam will be long dead by then. Oh, Hopefully. no. <laughs> I think we're going to be dealing with some trauma if that's the case. <laughs> Liam will be dead to the pod. Oh, okay. Oh my God, you really so We're getting, getting hot in here. It's spooky season. It is it's a October. spooky season. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Uh, shall we summarize this bitch? Yes. Shall I start off? Yeah, kick us off, girl. Okay. We meet Tim, Dom Hall Gleason, and his kooky yet loving family in Cornwall when Tim is 21. His father, the perfect Bill Nye, reveals to him that the men in their family can travel through time within their own lives. After some disbelief, Tim tries it out and confirms it's true. He decides to use it to try to better his dismal love life, but is still unable to woo their guest for the summer, Margot Robbie. Tim moves to London and becomes a lawyer. He meets and is instantly smitten with Mary, played by Rachel McAdams. But their meeting is erased when he has to go back in time to help his grumpy playwright roommate, Harry. He does a lot of dumb things in order to meet and court Mary again. But ultimately, he succeeds. They begin dating, move in together, get married, and have a baby. All is well, except that Tim's sister, Kit Kat, is in a toxic relationship and has developed a drinking problem. Oh, no. <laughs> He tries to go back in time to help her, but learns that by going back to before he impregnated Mary, he messes up his sperm and ends up with a different baby. Yikes. <laughs> also, we learn that Tim's father is dying of cancer and no amount of time travel can fix it. Tim eventually figures out how to help his sister without using time travel, how to let go of his dead father in order to move forward and have more children, and how to live each day like it's the perfect day he'd want to use time travel to go back and visit. The end. Isn't that a nice ending? Wow, nothing happens in this movie. No, no. I mean, a whole and like a whole life happens. It's a slice of life. I, I guess. Is it? Yeah. Actually, brings us to something I learned when doing research for our section. Blast from the past. Um. Okay. So wait. Let me find this thing. Okay. So I wasn't uh, necessarily going to talk about this immediately, but here we are. Um, apparently Curtis, Richard Curtis, who directed this movie, who also, uh, wrote and directed Love Actually, also wrote Notting Hill, Four Weddings and a Funeral, real rom-com. He's like your British rom-com guy. Yes. Although apparently after he did this movie, he's like, I'm done directing. Whoa. Yeah. I can see why. (laughs) It wasn't that bad. I think he's just, I think he just got old. Okay, fair enough. I think he's just old. Um, but... Okay, so but apparently this idea for this movie came to Curtis when he was having lunch with a friend and admitted, apparently, he was saying how he wasn't really happy in his life and his friend was like, well, describe an ideal day. And Curtis realized that the day of this lunch, a very ordinary day, uh, constituted such a day and it led him to wanting to write a film about how to achieve happiness in an ordinary life. But then he's like, that's too simple time travel (laughs) um and then apparently also when they were doing the production work 
They tried out all these different time travel effects and all this stuff, and eventually he was like, no, no, this none of this feels totally correct. We're going to just go low-key, which we'll get into. You don't... There's no time travel effects. He stands in a closet. Yeah, no, it's a very low-tech. Weren't there some noises and some shaking or something? Yeah, I think there was, like, some whooshing. Whooshing, yeah. <laughs> um, and... Curtis has since said that it tur- it's kind of turned out to be the anti-time travel, time travel movie because it uses all the time travel stuff without feeling like it's at all science fiction-y. Um, what? And without, and without it feeling like time travel can solve your life. So he set out to make a time travel movie where time travel could not solve your life and also was, I don't know, just meant to make you happy with your boring life. So in that way, I think he succeeded. Yeah, I mean, I I think so. I yeah, it just it's funny because like reading the summary again, I was like, wow, what a low key movie. Yeah. Um, and I think that was my, which we'll get into, but like I think that was my issue with it is like I was waiting for it to come to something and it never really did. Um, I don't know. I like I like a movie that. like isn't forcing something but I think this is like forcing the simplicity thing more than it's forcing like a a big emotional I will say definitely the lowest stakes movie of any time travel movie we have watched maybe of any movie ever maybe of any movie ever there's no big chase yeah everything is fixable no that's true yeah except for the dead dad I mean he does use time travel to fix his life in some ways. I mean, kind of. I guess he yeah. screws up his life with time travel and then fixes That's it with true. time travel subsequently. That's true, but yeah. he has opportunities to use time travel to fix his life and other people's lives, and he just doesn't. Because he he's the most boring person ever. He seems to keep forgetting he can time travel. <laughs> I would say, yeah, it seems or like... Or that he had time travel. He's not clear <laughs> on uh, the actual mechanics of it, despite, like using it all the time and despite the mechanics being very simple right yeah do you have any more uh, fun facts for us Paige? um the only other fun fact i found again similar to the stakes of this movie very low on the fun facts um was that zoe de chanel was uh like very seriously in talks to play mary um before it ended up going to rachel mcadams oh all right so i mean that tracks i think either of them would have been good I, I I like that Rachel McAdams is there so that we can talk about how she's been in three time travel movies and never time traveled. Yeah, I like that too. I'm happy about that. Yeah. Fair enough. All right, so shall we move to the next section? Yes. Which is called... Magic, Magic Science, Science, Just a Dream? Yeah, I would say this one falls into the magic category, right? Yeah. Um, the rules of the time travel are that men in this particular family, men, only men can time travel. So, uh, even though that rule is later broken. Yeah, that's true. We'll talk about. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Uh, well, only men have the control over time travel in the family. Um, so I wonder what would happen if he had like only a daughter, would the time travel be gone forever, or would it come I w- back? I would assume it would come back, because it didn't seem to imply that it was, like, passed on paternally or maternally. It just happened to the... Maybe it, the it... women could, and they just no one ever tells them they can't. <laughs> well, that's my point. Like, if Bill Nye dies before... If, if Bill Nye has a daughter, and then 
the daughter has a son, but Bill Nye is dead before you can tell the son. Like, you just hope, what, the kid eventually, like, stumbles into a closet and thinks really hard about another time and... Yeah, I mean, I guess someone had to figure it out first. Yeah, that's true. So Who first stepped into the closet, bawling their fists in anger. That's a, a, te- a question as old as time, Paige. He <laughs> <laughs> um, lives in a cave. Yeah, and obviously this movie uh, ha- is very um, binary when it comes to gender. Then right? oh, very much. What so. happens if he has a non-binary child or a trans child? Does if he or had a AI. daughter who that or. Uh, female presenting child who then transitioned into being a male, would they all of a sudden gain the ability to time travel? I don't know. These are really good questions. Is it tied to, like, their the penis? testosterone levels? Yeah. Is it tied to their genitalia? We, we don't know the answers. I am... Okay, now, now I feel like, more so than before, that... The women actually can time travel, and they just don't tell them. Because it doesn't make any sense that she... Because it's not, like, physical time travel. It's I mentioned this in the movie. It's psychological. Like, the brain or, like, your being is going back in time. It's not like when he time travels in a closet, his clothes and his physical form go back in time. So how can the woman right. alongside with him... She, go back in time with him when it's, it's not her physical body. It's her, like, mind traveling back. It's a very weird... Yeah, that's a good point, because whenever he travels back in time, he is wearing the clothing that he was wearing the day that he uh, mm-hmm. is traveling to. And is somehow in a closet. Yeah. A di- is it the same closet always, or is it a different closet? It doesn't make any sense that he ends up in a closet when he goes back in time, because he definitely, like, when he travels back right to the New Year's Eve party, let's say, it's not like he was hiding in a closet in the middle of the New Year's Eve party. Right. I mean, the the uh, timelines are confusing. I don't really understand, and I don't think it's ever truly explained or explored, like, what happens to the other stuff that was going the on other, around Tim. Tim. The other Tim. Yeah. Is there another Tim? Is this just how, like, yeah. when does the time travel start, um, like, for that Tim? I guess, mm-hmm. because at some point he would have had to walk into that closet in the past, uh, or he just mm-hmm. appears in it. It's very confusing. Um, Bill Nye says you can only go backwards, you can't go into the future. So it's so funny when these time travel movies have like such a, um, what's the word, like concrete idea of time. Like, you haven't lived this other time yet, you can only go, when it's like, no, clearly there is no concrete idea of time. If, if you this, can time if travel. If you can time travel. <laughs> yeah, that's what a good is time. <laughs> Well, he's, like, teleporting almost back to a previous version of himself. So I guess, I don't know, I guess it wouldn't make sense necessarily to go to a version of himself he didn't know existed yet, if it's, like, a almost partially, like, a psychological dimension to the time travel. Yeah, I guess the psychological... It's like imagining something. I, I like that you're framing it as, like, a psychological thing, because that makes it make more sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, you can't, you can only imagine what you would be doing. You don't know. Other than, I guess, he is jumping forward to a time that he hadn't lived because he had just changed everything, like, when he jumps back into where he has, like, a different kid and everything. The logic is not airtight, no. I think, is what we're, what we're coming to here. So I think we covered the how. Uh, I think the why is just kind of, like, 
to find happiness in ordinary life. Bill Nighy says to Tim at some point that the best way to use the time travel is to live each day twice. First to experience it and then the second time to savor it. I don't know. That seems kind of annoying. I don't yeah, know. I mean, a lot of Wednesdays did, that I don't want to experience yeah. twice. Yeah, he experiences for like at least a couple months. He experiences every workday twice. Yeah. To, don't, don't do that. But then he does like he's like, well, no, never mind. I'm not gonna do this anymore. Like he, <laughs> there's like a ten minute period in the movie where he like follows that lesson and then immediately is like, no, I, I've I've learned a new lesson that's less awful. He's for like. Me. <laughs> Good, I don't have to eat this boring pret-a-manger sandwich uh, <laughs> twice in a row. Um, yeah, I I mean, this is definitely, this definitely falls into the moralistic uh, time travel movie sort of uh, the, yes. category. The time travel is there to, uh, the time travel is there to teach to teach the audience a lesson, not to move the plot forward necessarily. Yes, I agree with that. To like stop the plot, in fact, or yeah. just fuck yeah. it up. and Many make times. us watch. Yes, and make us watch him try to woo Rachel McAdams. Yeah, and forget what cause and effect is. Yeah, <laughs> and forget that he didn't meet Rachel McAdams yeah, multiple times. Incredible. Anyway, yeah, he's uh, yeah. If, if nothing else, I would say Tim is Tim is sweet, but. Dumped. Yeah, he's very not dumb. very smart. One other thing I sorry, one other thing I I want to say while I've thought while watching this movie um, is uh, it's interesting to me that books are a consistent theme in time travel. Um, like we, I don't, I don't know, I don't remember if this made the pod, but when we talked about Groundhog's Day, we talked about there was a deleted scene that talked about how Phil would mark how much time had gone by with books. Um, so, you know, he could guess that he'd been in a time loop, like, 70 years based on the amount of books he had read. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's just interesting to me. Um, I think it's, it's, I guess, books are a thing that you can keep in your head and pick up and put down, like, every day, even if the day resets. Um, so, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, I like that theory. Um, I think that we all wish we had more time to read. I don't know if we all wish that. I think the three people sitting here maybe wish that. Yeah, well, I think people who are avid readers and also, like, live in the modern world are constantly yeah. like, I wish I had more time to read. Well, like, the dad, what does he say? He reads, um... He read... He Dickens read Dickens three Dickens times. Three times. There are so many books. You do not need to reread I books. read Dickens. Don't read Dickens. Come Dickens on. was a nice man who paid for a lot of orphans to have a place to sleep, but he's so boring. I don't know that about Dickens. Dickens. Um, Yeah, Dickens. Dickens did a lot of work, like with orphans uh, and like the Foundry and stuff. Uh, Yeah, I think he was a good dude. I have had to read Dickens for school, and it. I just. I hate. I hate. I hate Dickens. It's It's boring. It's boring, and it's so obvious he was paid by the word. You're like this sentence goes on for four pages, but you know. We don't want to, I guess, antagonize our, our dickin' heads out there. <laughs> or the we know a lot of you, the the Venn diagram between time sluts and dickens' heads is a circle. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, we'll, we'll move on. All right. So, our next section is called, What, what Have You done? done? This is where we talk about the consistency and plot holes. I think the biggest inconsistency for me is the fact that this dude cannot keep in his head how time travel works (laughs) like he the biggest the first big mistake that he makes is 
he meets Mary and is like, holy shit, this woman is so cool. Uh, I can't wait to like go on a date with her. Then that night, he's so excited, he gets home to his flat. She also, she gives him her number and he puts it in his cell phone. Right, yes. That happens. He goes home to his flat. He discovers that his roommate's play has gone horribly wrong that evening. And so he's like, oh, don't worry about it. I'll fix it. So he like goes into his closet. He grips his hands and then he erases his entire night with Mary with Mary the night that he met her um and he does fix the play he fixes the play which is nice for his friend who's an asshole who is a jerk never ever nice to him at any point in the movie he's not nice to anyone he's a bad guy but that that's his quirk though Liam (laughs) the worst thing about this movie is that everybody is deeply deeply quirky yes oh that is my biggest complaint and i hate that (laughs) i i actually like was there's like a point in the movie where that like lessens and it's when he goes to london i like mary is like a normal human being yes yes she's mary should be in the like mary is like the best written character maybe because she's like not that written or like she doesn't appear that much but everyone else, like, the family is just a series of quirks that were, like, written down and had a character composed <laughs> around it. Like, it's, for him being so, like, normal, his family is just, like, incessantly, like, oh, I'm the mom who says inappropriate stuff, and I'm the, I don't even know. His I'm dad the sister who pong. tackles you. Yeah. It, and crawls into your bed with you. <laughs> so yeah, weird. They're really super weird. Yeah. You can help so many people with this power. Like, he's, like, a deeply narcissistic character that he doesn't, like, he has no interest in helping anyone with this power other than himself. And this one extreme asshole to the point that he will erase the person that he's, like, fallen immediately in love with (laughs) to help him. Yeah. But the the thing that bothers me about it is that he is surprised when it's been erased. He's, he then, yeah. He's shocked to find out that he has erased the whole night when and he knows that that's how time travel right. works. And he doesn't, he doesn't realize it till he goes to call Mary and yeah. her number's not in his phone. Which is ridiculous. And then, instead of just going back in time and, like, because there's so many ways you could fix this, right? Like, he could, he could t- go back to the beginning of the night, tell his playwright friend how to fix the play, or even just, like, run and do that and then go back to the place he met Mary. Yeah. He could, he could do a third do-over. Right. And probably hit all the beats if he needed yes. to. But instead of doing that, yeah. he just... Acts like a ...doesn't. Creep. And instead is like, oh, she mentioned she likes... Kate Moss. Kate Moss. Let me just go to this Kate Moss exhibit and sit on a bench for two weeks. Yeah. Also, um, Kate Moss exhibit? Yeah, I don't, I don't really... Kate Moss... Know what Kate Moss does, apparently. She's a model, right? That's her thing? Yeah, maybe. She's not a photographer herself, right? I don't think so. And to be honest, don't care. It it just... Don't fact check us. Mary's one quirk, she's quite normal, as you said, Liam, but uh, her one quirk is that she has a deep abiding love for Kate Moss and thinks that she's the greatest artist of all time. Yeah, which doesn't really track with, like, the rest of her personality, but... Yeah, or, like, her look, or, like, anything about her. I mean, sorry, her other quirk is that she cannot take a compliment, <laughs> and she thinks she looks like a squirrel. Which, right. You're Rachel McAdams. Yeah, you're beautiful. And right. also, like, I, I don't know. This and then, yeah. a deeply annoying way to write a woman. Yes. And, like, yeah, Tim's mom tries to tell her she's pretty, and Rachel McAdams is like, oh, no, I'm not, I'm, oh, it's just makeup. Oh. Yeah. I hate that. I hate it, too. Just it's say bad. thank you. Just say thank you and move along, ladies. And then, 
he meets, he finally, she does finally show up at this Kate Moss exhibit and he acts like a total creep because he forgot they never met before. Like, he's like, oh, remember me? And she's like, no, how do you know my name? And then instead of like going back in time to redo that interaction where he came off as a creep, he just goes up to her again in the normal timeline as if he can't time travel and like is like let me walk around with you yeah he stalks her for sure and the thing is it's not even like uh, if he stalked her in a time travel way like that's one thing right if he he didn't he didn't even do the smart time travel thing that like again like phil does in groundhog's day where he's like oh i you know i'll ask her like what her favorite book is and then i'll be reading her favorite book in this place that i know she'll be like well, he does do that with the Kate Moss. Well, he literally, like, quotes her exact comment yes. about oh, Kate Moss. Oh, right. That's true. Which, which is, again, pulled straight that. from Groundhog's Day. Yep, absolutely. Um, Definite homage. Kind of a, a weird way to have, like, a foundation of your relationship. Does he then, like, have to learn everything about Kate Moss to keep that up? <laughs> I mean, yeah. if he doesn't want to, I'm sure she will tell him. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. She does. She adores Kate Moss. It's the only thing that puts a light in her eyes. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, the first inconsistency is he's a fucking idiot. Yeah, that's the, I would say that's the biggest problem with the, with the time travel consistency. Um, but he does, uh, it is alluded to that he does use time travel to cheat on all of his trials as a, he's an attorney, uh, or a solicitor, as they call them there. Gets Um, to wear a fun wig. He gets to wear a fun wig, and I just have to say as an attorney in the United States of America, Biggest problem with our current justice system is that I do not get to wear a wig. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You specifically, no one me's else. Me's just, yeah. <laughs> just me. Well, um, you know, you're working from home now. You could wear a wig if you wanted to. Yeah, but I feel like they must provide the wigs, right? Because they all look the same. I would have to buy my own wig. I mean, you probably have like a standard wig you can Yeah, do you have to buy your own wig? Purchase. I don't know. I could ask my friend Anna, who's a lawyer in England. Okay. Or, you know, our British viewers will tell us. Yeah, the British time slots will let us know. Uh, yeah, Rachel McAdams says when he meets her parents um, that he never loses a trial. It seems like he's going to, and then he just pulls something out of the bag. So clearly he's just, like, going back in time and, like, after learning the other side's argument. Which, I mean, again, I mean, not again. I don't know. It feels like It feels like cheating and unethical, especially when it's not... Like, trials are not, he has a client and the other side has a client, right? So now he's just playing chess with yeah. other people's lives. And it's not to like win, he's doing it case. to help, like, people who are, like, you know, facing the death penalty right. or something. He's doing it, apparently, to help white-collar criminals. Like, they mentioned fraud Well, okay, that's another <laughs> inconsistency It's very unclear what kind of law he does because at some point he's, like, at some point, he's defending a white-collar criminal. At another point, they're talking about a big divorce case that he's doing. But, yeah. Uh, also, at one point, it seems like he's maybe going to cheat on Rachel McAdams with Margot Robbie, who reappears in his... Uh, he runs into her in London, and she's like, Oh, let's have dinner. Oh, all of a sudden, I'm so into you. Um, he doesn't, but we did make a point to say while watching it that would still be cheating even if he went back in time and, like, redid the night without having sex with her oh yeah for sure uh he he doesn't cheat to be fair um but uh it would still count and be unethical um also there's an entire like queer baiting montage with margot robbie where she has like 
this uh, gay friend who he keeps being like, so it's your girlfriend or it's not your girlfriend? I don't know. It's a mess. And I, yeah. this movie, what, what year did it come out again? 2013, I guess. It has very 2013, like, I don't want to say sexual politics. That's not I would what I say mean. it has tw- 2009 sexual politics. Yeah. It, it they just, didn't make it across the pond. I, I guess not. Yeah. That, that must be what it is. Because it's just like, it's like we talk about queer stuff, but we also like think that it's still kind of funny and edgy. Right. We say we're cool. We're like, we talk about how cool we are with it because that's funny to be like, right. yeah, no, not that it matters that you're gay. Just I, I'm so awkward. Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, I, there was the one plot point we talked about during the movie was, um, the, the baby stuff. Yeah. yeah we should talk about that in this section. Yeah. Um, take it away, Liam. Uh, well, like, yeah, as we talked about earlier, he goes back in time and finds out to help his sister who got in a crash, like to basically fix her entire life. Um, and then he goes forward and finds out that his kid, his girl, is now a boy. And that is, you know, uh, a big Gross. deal or whatever, I guess. Um, so he, I, then a he big goes deal. back and Excuse me, I just want to take a time out. A big deal or whatever, I guess, is yeah. the phrase Here's that just came out. He's still, okay. So the, the, first of all, the, but the inconsistency is that he doesn't seem to, every other time he time travels, when he comes back, all of a sudden he has all the new memories. And his sister during that had all the new memories. Right. And she had time traveled with him. But he didn't know that his kid was a different kid. Until he sees his kid. Yeah. So that's right. a big inconsistency. But do you also want to talk about the fact that Liam and I don't think that's a big deal? Yeah. So at this part of the movie, like, they portray it as a, this sort of, like, horrifying moment that he picks up his what he thinks is going to be his daughter, and it turns out it's a completely different child. It's still his child. Yeah, so I was like, oh, that's terrible. And Paige and Liam, while we were watching this, were like, eh, I mean, it's still a kid, whatever. It's fine. Yeah, it's his kid. Well, it's also if he, if like, the plot did work like it theoretically should, he would, re like, have all of those memories, and then fixing it would erase a different kid that he also remembered and would also be traumatic. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Okay, I can accept that, but I have to say that uh, it would be bad for you if you, it like, is... picked up your kid and it was a different kid, even if it was still your kid. If and it was, it was a also different a... dog, I would get it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, just take those feelings that you have about dogs and, like, transfer them over to kids, uh, look, because that's how most people feel about their children. Look, I I like kids. I, I might eventually adopt some kids. I'm just saying it doesn't seem... Just switch them out every couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it doesn't... Again, also, the kid's like one. It's not like a teenager. No, well, no, the moral no. Power, uh, technically, what I did say was that, like, the sister, he had fixed her whole life. Like, he, right. she was, like, a mess, and then she, he, like, erased all of that trauma. And... Also, I just want to say that uh, fixing her whole life, quote-unquote, uh, amounts to, like, making yeah. sure one man is not part of it. Yeah, that's definitely problematic. Yeah, but like that. from like just like taking that as it is like the straightforward like oh, he doesn't even think about like the exchange of his like sister's well-being for the kid for a second. He's just like, "Oh, got to get that kid back." Yeah. And to me, I would be like let's weigh there's some balance there, mm-hmm. I yeah. guess. Yeah. Also, when he realized that, you know, the rule is that he can't go back before his kid is born now. Um he could have gone back before the car crash that she got in. Yeah, yes, I think he well. So originally he does that. Oh yeah. Um, and then he realizes like that's not good enough. 
um, because she's still with Jimmy, who apparently is the devil. Um, <laughs> the hot devil. The hot, hot he's devil. Very cute. Yeah, he is. Um, but I think he realizes after going back all the way with her, um, I, I think he realizes that since she survived the crash, right? Like, she's fine. She has a lot of scrapes and bruises and she's in a hospital, but she's fine. I think he's like, we should think he and, and maybe probably more Mary, who sits with him the whole time and seems to be the brains behind fixing uh, Kit Kat, um, is, is like, we should just use this as a wake-up call instead of... Yeah, I guess, but it's also like addiction doesn't work that way yeah. and like if yeah. she's an addict she probably would have a lot of like bad effects from the pain meds she would end up being on anyway whatever and being in an abusive relationship also doesn't yeah work the, right. the, she does like the the other thing sorry i don't mean to keep stretching out this section but, no keep going uh, we'll cut it i'll cut it if you're boring well i was just gonna say like the other thing is she switches out the or not switches out but she gets breaks up with that guy and the new boy she goes it's like the good boy is this the asshole friend yeah. who's just been like, all we've really seen him be is stupid or kind of like a womanizer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Apparently he's the solution to her problems. Yeah, not great. Different man and she's fixed. Uh, we don't like it. Also, he talks about how he's like, Kit Kat, my sister is my favorite person in the world. And then like doesn't realize that she is having all these issues until this car crash happens. And also, like, doesn't realize that she's she spends, like, a few weeks in Cornwall with his parents, and he comes home and she's there, and he's like, I didn't yeah. know you were here. Yeah, I guess they could have made more of that fact. Like, he could have had more remorse, maybe, about it, or... I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, he had to save his stupid baby. Look, it's... If you believe that, like, ceasing to exist means you're dead, he essentially killed his kid. But he killed his kid anyway. And then anyway. he re-killed the yeah, kid. Yeah, he, he just killed a different, killed a different kid. kid. <laughs> okay, the main issue, though, is that Bill Nighy, when he had a kid, when he said, hey, uh... Congrats on your daughter. Congrats yeah. on having a daughter. You can never time travel back before your kid was born or this will happen. But then he does time travel back before his kid's born to go play fucking catch with his dad. Yeah. So it's not worth that much, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. That, it's, yeah. It all, yeah, it seems like... Okay, so... Let's get into the dad stuff. Yeah. So it seems like, okay, so there's a whole thing where then his dad ends up uh, dying of cancer. And again, it's interesting that time travel couldn't fix this because his dad's like, I got diagnosed as soon as possible and that didn't, that it was still too late. And it's like, I don't think that's how Just tell them you have works. cancer even before it's yeah. undiagnosable. Just have them shoot radiation at you. Yeah, I just feel like you could use time travel to like, do something, do about, something it. about it but and also like you could just still you could be immortal right like if you know it's like oh i'm gonna die in the next couple weeks i would just you just keep going back and like reliving the last year i guess you might just get bored though yeah you might have just been right yeah. you might have been alive for like hundreds of years That's by that true. point and he was ready to die it's interesting also that we're implicitly seeing like the version of events as constructed by his dad because theoretically like Tim is living the version his dad finalized because his dad could also go back in time mm -hmm. and transform Tim's life, in effect. Sure. He probably wouldn't, but 
there were all kinds of different Tims that we didn't even see because they were Tims created by his dad. Yeah, maybe maybe Tim used to be a Tina and then his dad went back to before yeah. his mom was born and killed uh, Tina. Maybe. Uh, we don't know. <laughs> I like that conspiracy theory. Um, maybe Tim was a Tina and he realized that he needed a boy child in order to have <laughs> a child that time traveled and that's why he killed Tina. Mm. Yes, and then it doesn't make sense that Tim... That his dad is like, oh, let's go back and do one thing. As long as we don't change anything, it'll be fine. Well, then, can't Tim... So the whole point is, like, Tim doesn't want to have a third child with Rachel McAdams, who wants a third child, because as soon as, she, you know, she has he has a, a third child, he can no longer go back to before his dad was dead. Um, but it seems like just he adopt. could and just not change anything. Or adopt a kid. Yes, that was another thing we thought. Adopt a kid. Why do you have to have a biological child, you narcissist? He's, I mean, it's an extremely narcissistic movie. He's like the power of God and the, the highest aspiration is having three kids. Yeah. A dead dad. I mean, I think the... I don't think his aspiration is to have a dead dad. But... I think the, the point that the movie is trying to make is that you can't, like, slow down your life. Like, you have to, like, live your life... Yeah, but I think that you, point... you can't live in the past. You you have to keep moving forward, and like the trajectory of his life and the trajectory of the family that he wanted to have and the family that his wife wanted to have with him was a third child, and so like his father ultimately would not have wanted him to be like, well, I can have my dad forever, or I can have a a whole other child that just... my wife deeply wants, or. He could just, like, not keep this giant secret from his wife forever and talk to her about it. Yeah, I really wish he had talked to Rachel McAdams yeah, about this. There's no re- he talks to Kit-Kat about it. There's no reason he couldn't. Yeah, and he also, like, him. as then Rachel McAdams might be like, oh, okay, this is the situation you're in. Let's adopt a child. Yeah, or maybe she would be like, let's wait a year so you can have time to grieve. Because yeah. I think she literally, like, wants to conceive the night of the funeral. <laughs> and... That's a little much, okay? Like, well, some give people, a, that's how some people deal with death. Give him a minute, lady. His dad just died. My God. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, on the anniversary, the first anniversary of my dad's death, I adopted a second dog, so. Okay, fair enough. But also, that was the anniversary and uh, not the night of. Mm-hmm. Also, are we proud of me? That was the first time I mentioned my dead dad. I am pretty proud of you. We're, uh, you know, uh, quite a while in. Yeah. Um, yeah, this, uh, yeah, trigger warning on this movie to those of you with, uh, with dead dads. A little who, late, Paige. Who don't, who, dead dads who don't get to time travel back to see their, their dead dad and be like, guess what crazy shit is happening in 2020, dad? Yeah, that would have been wild, wouldn't it? Yeah. I would have loved to get his takes on some of it. Glad I don't have his takes on other bits of it, but we'll move on. Um, yeah, so it doesn't really make sense why he can't just keep going back and seeing his dad just not changing things right like i get you can't have new conversations with your dad but you can keep playing the same game of ping pong or whatever that makes you feel or better go back to the exact moment where he plays catch with his yeah. dad but if, when he does that would his kid version then remember after that that he can time travel oh, that's true yeah does the little child sorry, him? opened up i don't his think sister so. remembers that she time traveled no she doesn't doesn't she once, well not once after he, he erases picked, it. yeah once he erases it but like i mean like but oh, the yeah, dad doesn't erase know. it. Yeah, but they don't erase that moment. Hmm. I don't know. Also, does all of a sudden his brain default... Like, you think very differently as a, like, four-year-old, obviously. Yeah, that would be a weird experience. Like, I... 
if does all of a sudden he's in a four year old's body, but he has like thirty year old Tim's brain. I hate that. That's very creepy. No, he don't ever say that again. (laughs) So that's weird. I don't want to think too hard about that scene. Nope. Nope. Next section. Does their love stand Stand the the test test of time? time? My first note in this category is that uh, he cute. I like him. Yeah, he's dumb, but he's cute. He's so British and ginger. He's like dating Ron. Okay, Okay. you're going to say you like Ron I do also. I know Harry Potter's canceled, but I I do like the look of a Ron Weasley, so. But I also love you, so. I thought me being jealous of the (laughs) ginger British time traveler, it's like, like, I, I just like do not share that pasty... You don't Ginger want a British look. time traveler. <laughs> Not into a British time traveler. I get it. His head's so long. Too. He does have a long head. He's his whole thing. He's all long. He's very long. Very long. So I think we like we do like their romance. The romance is nice. It's, it's sweet. Very Other small than the segment of the movie, though, weirdly. Yeah, I think it it looms larger in my memory of it than it actually does in the movie. Yeah. The movie frames itself as. Romance. all about love right yeah. he mm-hmm. he says he's like i'm gonna use my time travel it's always gonna be about love for me that even they says that in the trailer so it's a bit misleading. it is about love love between a dad it's all kinds of love yeah. oh yeah okay um <laughs> i feel like the dad the dad son relationship is very sweet um the mary it's all very sweet everything in this movie is so sweet i kind of feel my teeth hurting um, Elena's gonna vomit. I don't really like sweet things mm-hmm. in taste buds and in life. You like, but you love romantic comedies. Yeah, but I think one thing I like about them is that they're like very unrealistic, and there are parts of this that like feel very realistic, and I'm like, Ugh, boring. <laughs> I used to, lo- like, I still like romantic comedies. Like, I have nothing against romantic comedies. I used to like them a lot, and even during the time I think I saw this movie. It is just something about this movie in particular. Maybe it is that the romantic comedy element of it is, like, very pushed to the side. And, like, I kind of want more of that out of the movie because that's, like, fun, whereas the rest of the movie isn't really that fun. (laughs) Yeah. I will say the beginning of their... The first scene where they meet in the the dark restaurant, which is a a classic movie scene where they just... Everyone goes to this dark restaurant. Yeah, the eating in complete blackness seems to be a thing that happens in movies and not in real life. Um, that scene's very cute. And then there's like a 20 minute stretch of him like trying to recreate that moment that is very aggravating to watch because he's being an idiot. Um, yeah. But, but then, it's fun. I actually like that mo- okay. stretch. Like it's annoying, but I like that stretch the most. That stretch does feel the most romantic comedy to me, but it also is incredibly annoying. Yeah. Just because you're like, there's so many better ways to do this. You're right. You're doing traveling, all of the wrong things. Yeah. Um, but I do, once they get together, I do think their relationship is very, very sweet. There's like a whole, there's the montage and the, the, the metro the tube yeah that um, one's cute it's just very cute which is like showing them throughout the years like they you know they're they're kissing goodbye in winter coats they're coming back from a halloween party they're taking the elevator the or um the escalator up together and it's it's all it's very cute and very efficient for the passage of time yeah um i also really like on their first date 
that uh, she's like, walk me to my car. And then they're walking for a long time. And he's like, where's your car? And she's like, parked outside my house. Yeah, very smooth. Very smooth. That's See, I wish we had like more of that yeah. Rachel McAdams in this movie and less of the like, Oh my god, I'm not pretty. No, yeah. don't say that. Yeah, it's like clearly you're that you're pretty confident if you're like this guy wants to come up and bone. Yeah, for sure. Um, I also yeah, I, I think like the ideal I want from a romantic comedy when you said it's very efficient. This romantic comedy is very efficient. Like I want time where I'm just like hanging out with the couple and you don't get a ton of that like that's very yeah. like like the scene where she walks to the car like more of that stuff playful hanging out with like these two pretty well-defined not in this movie but in a theoretical movie <laughs> well-defined characters and just like Banter. spending time with them like that's, seeing like, what I why want. they like each other yeah. and why they're compatible rather than just like assuming they're compatible and moving on which we do kind of get in the first scene where they meet and they're talking at the dinner yeah um they both like calling people prostitutes for example example. (laughs) um they yeah i will say they seem very sweet together so whether that's a credit to the the actors more than the writing whatever it is they go they seem to fit well together yeah they're a cute couple i i like it i'm not completely against it i don't know that it's like one of the great love stories of all time but it's fine uh, they also, we really liked their wedding. Um, I, I love very that she's, cute. Wear, she's wearing red at their wedding, which is very, very fun. fun. Um, she and looks it great. downpours and they have a great time, which is fun. The big thing with the, the romance that I am interested in your takes on, which kind of touched on earlier, is it okay that he doesn't tell her? Is it, does their relationship, is their relationship a fraud? Is their relationship like, kind of missing this huge... If he's not sharing this huge part of his life, is it an issue for their relationship? How would you feel if you were her? Hmm. Liam, do you want to start us off? Uh, well, I mean, I wouldn't feel anything, I guess, because I don't know, but... Um, I, like, there's that scene where he goes back in time to, like, have sex with her again and again. Mm-hmm. And that kind of, like, epitomizes it to me. Like, sex is, like, a cooperative process and she's not like she doesn't get to be part of that i guess like it just gets erased and there's a new one like she doesn't get Mm. to select what memories she has it's like very much she has like ultimate control over the relationship yeah gross oh that's true yeah disturbing in many ways autonomy even though he uses it to be like better at sex better at sex and also like nice to her right and at the end he's like i'm gonna take care of the baby like because i appreciate my life more because i can time travel i don't know it's he, like he's a, seems like a very good husband, but also yeah, you're right. He could he could change the entire course of their relationship if he wanted. He'd give them a new baby. Yeah, I it definitely. I think if I were her and I eventually found out that he had been time traveling this whole time, I would be mad. Because <laughs> I would be like, how much has changed? Like, what would That's my fair. life look like yeah. without this? And what did I not get to decide? Right. Um, Especially, like, who knows? Maybe she should have ended up with that boyfriend that she had for a week that he then erased. Yeah, maybe she should have. Um, I don't think she should have, because from what we saw, he sucked. Yeah, but. <laughs> yeah he seemed pretty bad, but, like, he was wearing a stupid scarf, and, you know, maybe mm-hmm. maybe she should have been with the stupid scarf man. Um, I think, yeah, I don't think that the um, ethics of it are too clean here. I think that he mostly uses it for good, um pretty much always uses it for good but it's 
I think that they're trying to portray these two as like the ultimate life partners. Like, wow, what a what a perfect match they are, and what a like beautiful love that honest love they have, mm-hmm. and they don't because he's hiding this giant secret from her that affects her life too. Mm-hmm. So I I think it's yeah. If it didn't affect her life so much, maybe it wouldn't matter, but it does. So. Yeah, and, like, in a lot of time travel movies, they either, like, the protagonist has very limited control over the time travel, or, like, no control, or it's very, like, isolated to specific conditions. In this, he has, like, complete control, so that he's doing it constantly, and, like, that feels, like, worse to me, or, like, more violating. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to keep focusing on the sex one, but, like, if you were with someone who you thought it was the first time you were with that person... And then you find out, no, they'd actually had sex with you, like, five times before then. It would feel, like, violating in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think it's a, yeah. a very clear consent violation. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, anyway. Next section. Kelly. Ladies. You ready? Ladies, did we just time travel back to the 1950s? Yeah, the ladies of the family don't get to time travel. Or maybe they do and just someone decided that we can't tell them. They can't time travel. Maybe that's what happened. In the 1800s, someone was like, we cannot tell the ladies. Their fragile little hearts could not handle it. Yeah, perhaps. Um, I guess it just proves that, ladies, you can't be what you can't see. Mm, You know? Representation matters. Representation matters. Um, yeah, I wish the the ladies would time travel, uh, of their own volition. That would be fun. Yeah, especially Rachel McAdams. Yeah, she deserves to time travel. For once in her life. Yeah. Someone write a time travel movie where Rachel McAdams gets to time travel. God damn it. Or I will shut this whole place down. I mean, we're the only ones who decide whether this place is open or closed, so. Yeah, so I have the power to shut it down if you don't give Rachel McAdams a... I don't know, it just seems lower stakes than you're trying to make it. Okay, well, this whole episode is about a very low stakes movie, Okay, fair enough. Also, they make a lot of jokes where the punchline is prostitute. Um, That seems to be the whole joke, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just saying the word prostitute or calling someone a prostitute or... Like saying a, your best an amazing, a just an amazing number of times yeah, for yeah. just Shocking. a normal movie, and a lot of them come from Rachel McAdams talking about her friend. It's it's kind of gross. Um, yeah, they don't the way they talk about women in general is kind of gross. Tim's first attempt at uh, love through time travel with Margot Robbie's character, Margot Robbie is like in a bathing suit, and Tim is thinks narrates into his his narrates to someone i don't know who he's narrating to um we get the narration of him saying how are you meant to live your life and concentrate with this shit around (laughs) this worse. it's very uh uh lower class and these people are uh well i don't know how to do cornwall accent you either of you want to try it's like a it's a gaelic accent you gotta do some scots I don't think he really does a Cornwall accent. No, he doesn't. He just does, like, the middle... Just, like, like a regular RP-ish. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, so he says that, and he is referring to Charlotte's boobs. Yeah, it's gross. And it's very much like, ugh, women... Women's bodies are the reason I can't concentrate. Yep. Cover that shit up. Well, again, it's like, you're right. It's not 2013. It's very 2009. Yeah. Um, So 2000 and late. It's very 2000 and late. Um, We don't like that. Um, We talked about how Mary can't take a compliment, which is mm, not great. And it's seen as a positive attribute. Like, it's one of her cute quirks. 
Isn't that so funny? She can't take a compliment. What is what a cutie pie. What a sweetheart. If um, she could, she would be bad. And then Tim complains. Tim starts his job as a lawyer in London and complains that he can't meet any ladies because the world of law seems to be entirely filled with men. Hey, that was pretty good. Thank you. Um, but that comment <laughs> that he makes is very bad. And well, and it's also like, maybe that's tr- I don't know the statistics of women to male lawyers in London. I don't know what it was in 2013. If that's true, think about why. It's not that women are do- like don't want to work with you because... Like, it's not like the universe has conspired against you, so there are not women in your office. Like, why aren't there more women lawyers? Right. Go back in time and get more women to pass more the British More women bar. lawyers. Yes. Um, yeah, also, I really don't think that that's the case. They set it up like a 1950s law firm, essentially. Right. Yeah. yeah, I think there are more women attorneys than... We see no women attorneys, I think. We see several trials where he has also, you know, he has co-counsel and uh opposing counsel and all men yeah all men um women can't be lawyers Paige. don't be crazy they just have to they just have to be publishers if we let women be lawyers what would this world even come to what's next women time traveling (laughs) okay so then lastly let's talk about how white and privileged this movie is yes extremely is that what you were gonna say yeah that's exactly what i was gonna say so at the beginning when Bill Nye is asking Tim what he plans to do with his time travel, the first thing Tim says is that he wants to get rich. And Bill Nye says that don't do that. Money won't make you happy. I've never met a happy rich person. In his big ass house. In his huge house on the beach in Cornwall. Like, yeah. with a million rooms. No, they're clearly very well. Maybe that was a cry for help. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and then and then also like he is uh, an attorney in like a big law firm. Tim is so Tim also very wealthy, um, and he's just like my simple ordinary life. And it's like sure, it's also easier to enjoy your life if you are upper class and white in London. Yeah, again, you could do so much with that power to like help people or do yeah. anything. No, he's just gonna like get white collar criminals off. Easy yeah. and you know maybe help with some divorces. Yeah, the bare minimum they could have made him a fucking defense attorney or something. Like do like something a, yeah. that this like guy yeah. has some like externality. It isn't just like so far up his own ass. Yeah, he doesn't even like understand he has like an impact on the world. Yeah, no, he is the world. That's the thing. Yeah, he's the whole world. I get that he doesn't want to have some sort of chaotic butterfly effect, but it's like yeah, like you said, at least be like a criminal defense attorney for innocent people if you can win every single case. You know what I mean? At the very, very minimum. As you know, as you know, I don't think anybody should be in prison, but even if as like a, you know, moderate liberal, you should at least be like, I will get the innocent people out of jail. And you could go literally to like the crime scene. Yeah. You could go back in time. Find out. Go to the crime scene and figure out if the person's innocent or not. Yeah, you could also help them solve murders. You could take Aww. a picture of the crime scene. Um, that sound you may have just heard was Blossom sneezing. Blossom is my dog. Blossom's a dog. She's so very sneezing. cute. Oh, that was very cute. Um, yeah, no, he's very self-involved and it's annoying. Yeah. Um, also, there's not a single person of color anywhere in this yeah, movie. I was gonna ask um, except was for when they do the like love actually style montage at the end, where they're like, "Love is actually all around us," <laughs> and they show like 
some nurses having lunch outside or like kids playing hopscotch yeah no no characters of consequence no definitely not no the more we watch these movies the more we're learning how few black people actually exist in our metropolises yeah who knew i yeah all right last but not least is it the best of times or the worst of times we're on the section where we talk about if you should watch this I still enjoyed it. Um, I know it is very problematic. I don't think it holds up as well as a lot of 2013 movies. Um, but I enjoyed watching it more than I've enjoyed watching other films. Um, some I laughed out loud at certain points. A little bit. It's quirky. It's silly. Um, it has some like we love Bill Nye. We love Rachel McAdams. Um, yeah, I would watch it. I would put this at like a I'm gonna say 7:30 p.m. 7.45 p.m. on the Doomsday Clock. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. Doomsday Clock is uh, noon to midnight on, if you should watch this movie, noon is uh, never, ever, ever, ever burn your eyeballs first, and midnight is stop this pod right now, mid-sentence, and go watch it a zillion times in a row. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm going to put this movie at... I will say 6.30. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's in the you-can-watch-it category. It's tiptoeing over the line. It's tiptoeing over the line into the you-can-watch-it category. Um, it's fine. It's not really my kind of movie. It's a bit low stakes for my taste. Um, and for all the other reasons stated that it's problematic. So, yeah, yeah. 6.30. I would say if you're looking for a calming like a calm, low-stakes film. Yeah, maybe that's what you need in that moment. Mm -hmm. And if that's what you want, go for it. And it's very pretty. It's a very aesthetically pleasing Yeah, everyone looks very nice. There's lots of shots of Cornwall, Mm -hmm. if you you like that kind of thing. Liam, what's your rating? I I don't know. It's it's like a mundane movie. Um, If I just would say, like, do something better with your time. There's, like, so much other media that's even along a similar line as this podcast attests to that you could watch instead. But if you, like, really want to watch the weird fish people on Turf Island be weird fish people, the oh, British. Oh, T-E-R-F Island. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. the British. The I'm weird calling. fish people on Turf I've never heard them referred to that way, but okay. You've never heard Turf Island before? No. Really? That's... I mean, I know that there's a lot of British turfs. Oh, right? yeah. That's, I thought that was, like, in yeah. the common this lexicon. This podcast is very point. anti-turf. Yeah, we hate turfs, which is why, again, Harry Potter is very canceled. Yeah. Oh, yeah, a rating on the Doomsday Clock. Um, 4.30 p.m. All right. Okay, firmly in the do not watch. So this will not be our, uh, you know, go-to date night movie. (laughs) All right, you guys. Uh, Thank you, Liam, our first guest ever on this podcast. Yeah, and the first guest in my heart. Weird and glad to be here. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, we'll be back in no time at all. Time. Stop cheating off my notes. I can look at your notes. I always look at your notes. Okay.